0: To the Doc G Show, I am your host, Doc G. With me, as always, is the man that thinks it's normal to have a countdown to the master's calendar in your bedroom. Dave, huh? Burls, Berlin.
1: I didn't know that wasn't normal.
0: That's right. You
1: were r- under two months, my man. Very exciting. Very you exciting. believe that? April
0: 5th, right? Hmm.
1: Um. Let me... I, I want to think- be... <laughs> Absolutely correct. <laughs> I, I know it was like forty-two days. Was like the last time I.
0: I think I think I'm pretty sure it's it's April fifth. That's what I can. April eighth through the eleventh. Oh no! So
1: the fifth. Oh. But the fifth. But the fifth is. Well, no, no, you were right because the fifth would be the Monday.
0: Okay. So. Okay. All right. Everybody. Five, six,
1: seven. Seven would be the Wednesday, which would be the par three. Um,
0: there we go. There you we know, go. Tournament. Yeah. Show. Yeah. Fun well, day. Fun. Best
1: week of the year. Well,
0: Dave, What's your favorite week of the year. Doc? The Wait, what? favorite week of the year. That's hard to. Yes. That's a hard. That's a hard one to pinpoint. I don't know if I have a whole week I that I get really excited. So true. I got to be honest. When the when the bubble started this past uh, um, year, I got really excited. NBA. That was awesome. Yeah. That was super awesome that was the because the best week of twenty twenty. Because like normally, you know, uh like basketball's in the seasons that I don't like. And this was in right. summer, which I love. And I was like, oh my God, it's <laughs> summer, it's basketball, it's nonstop basketball. It was very exciting. Oh, we were
1: getting basketball at like noon too. Yeah. That was awesome.
0: Yeah. It was like March Madness, except it was NBA. It was super fun. I right. enjoyed that a lot.
2: Yes! Um,
0: but Dave, I don't think we can wait anymore. Huh? I don't think we can wait right now. I gotta hit you right now with a birthday suit. Hit the music. Oh, yeah. Wow, 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 wow. That's Let's go. Re- that's right. We're starting it off. And you know why I, I can't wait?
1: Man, this must be a. It's got to be Michael Jordan.
2: <laughs> yes! <laughs> yes, it is! <laughs> the, the ceiling is the ro- Jordan! Jordan! Yes, it is that's it
0: you nailed it i knew it that's right is that, is that the quickest birthday suit ever that's it the g-o-a-t it's his birthday today that's turning the big five eight michael jordan let's
1: go let MJ, me just happy birthday for the folks go, go out through there. it
0: For the folks that don't know, born in Brooklyn, New York, born February 17, 1963, raised in North Carolina, six-time NBA champion, two-time gold medalist, six-times MVP of the finals, five-time MVP of the league three-time All-Star Game MVP, 11-time All-NBA, 10-time Scoring Champion, nine-time All-Defensive Team, Defensive Player of the Year in 1988, three-time Steel Leader, two-time Slam Dunk Champion, in the Basketball Hall of Fame, Presidential Medal of Freedom, had his jersey retired by the Bulls, and the Heat, a team he didn't even play for. Michael (laughs) Jordan... (laughs) In 1988 alone, he was the MVP, the All-Star MVP, the Defensive Player of the Year, the Scoring Champion, the League Steals Leader, and the Slam Dunk Champion in one season. Bro, come on! One season. Now, this is a stat, uh, Dave, that most people don't know. A lot of people sometimes give Jordan, you know, a little bit of grief. Uh, about not having enough assist. They say, you know, Mm -hmm. yeah, he he wasn't an all-around player. He was a scorer. You know? LeBron has has assist. Uh, Magic Johnson has assist. That was because he wasn't a point guard like them. He was a shooting guard. So true. What would happen if he was a point guard? Well, in 1989, Doug Collins moved him to point guard for the last 24 games of the season. And he averaged... 30.4 30.4 points, 9.2 rebounds, and 10.7 assists, and 2.4 steals a game.
3: Wait, what? Yeah. Please.
0: He essentially averaged a 30-point triple-double. And he did get a triple-double 10 of those games. In an 11-game span, he had a 10 uh, ten triple-doubles in an 11-game really? span. Yes. I didn't know that. Yes. Yes. So two stories, two new stories that I think may for the listeners uh, celebrating Michael Jordan. That's right, listeners. You're going to have to set through this. Either set through it or if you're listening to the podcast, just fast forward until we finish. Um, (laughs) But two quick stories about Michael Jordan's competitive. Dave, you may have heard of this uh, if you watch SVP every now and then. Um, Mm -hmm. Scott Van Pelt had Brooks Koepka on, uh, on the show. And, uh, Hmm. he said, uh, Brooks said he went out with, uh, Michael Jordan and a couple of fellas play around to golf because, you know, I think there's some kind of sponsorship going on there. That's a fact. Um, Hmm. and Jordan and Kepka, they've been going back and forth all day. I mean, people give Jordan, you know, sort of crap about his uh, golf game, but he's really good. And, uh, I haven't seen it, but I'm
1: sure I'm sure he is.
0: and they were, they were going back and forth, you know, switching leads. Mm-hmm. and after the 16th right. hole, Kepka uh, was beating him by a stroke and Kepka uh, was Dang. was joking. he went over to him and he said, all right man, I've got you right where where I want you. Looks like I'm gonna win this thing. Mm-hmm. And Jordan didn't say anything for a couple minutes. all as they're walking to the 17th uh, tee's. And he gets to the tease, he puts down his uh he puts down his ball and he looks up at Kepka and he says, It's fourth quarter, baby. I don't lose. Nope. And he ended up beating oh, Kepka. My gosh. And Kepka said he never talked trash to him after that. That was that no, was he it. Can't. That was he can't. it. Now one other one, this is uh, this is from Dan Patrick. So Dan Patrick mm-hmm. uh was talking about when he interviewed Jordan uh, after his last championship in 98. So mm-hmm. he's doing an interview mm-hmm. with uh, for NBC, and during a commercial break, Dan Patrick uh, jokingly said, ah, oh, man, it's a shame you're retiring. I wanted a piece of you, man. Word. And in an instant, all the joking and smiling washed off of Jordan's face. Stone cold, he says, get up. Get up and show, you, show me how you'd guard me. Wait, what? And Dan Patrick was like, <sighs> what and like mj's holding the game ball he's like show me show me how you guard me get over here d me up and dan patrick's like uh okay and he like you know sort of gets into a, a defensive stance puts his arm against mj's back and mj was just like that that's how you guard me you're telling me that's your defense and he was like uh yeah and he's like let me tell you something You're lucky I'm retiring. That's who's lucky. Oh, my goodness. And he walked (laughs) off. Jordan wanted to prove he could beat Dan Patrick one-on-one. The freaky analyst. (laughs) Immediately after he had won six championships, he wanted to prove that. Dan Patrick, who hadn't played basketball that time since 1976, and he wanted to show him that he could beat him.
1: That's Was Dan Patrick a professional basketball player at one point.
0: Not professional. Played in college. Played in college. Okay. But uh yeah. Okay. Cause they're just insane, man. And I'll say, you know, people all the time say, oh okay, why why is he goat? Here's here's why Jordan is the goat. Because no one has individually outplayed everyone in the era they played like. He did and won as many championships as he did. There's nobody yeah, that has done that. There, there, there it is just shows you that that competitive drive is just
1: next level compared yeah. to anyone you've ever met. Plus, the athletic talent, yeah, equals goat, yeah yeah and i mean mean,
0: you can show me all the other goats and of course i heard some this past week with tom brady and yes he won seven championships but there's Mm -hmm. arguments that many different uh quarterbacks during that time have been better than him and played at a higher level Mm -hmm. now have they been better winners no (laughs) but they played better at the position you could argue Aaron sure. Rodgers did. You could argue that uh, Mahomes did his Peyton championship Manning. year. You could yeah. uh, uh Manning, Peyton Manning. But and and you can you can point right to Eli Manning and say he beat him twice. He never got it over on Eli Manning. Eli Manning always right. beat him in a championship. You can't say that with anybody that Jordan played. He demolished everyone. Anybody that was a competitor in his time, they cannot compare. And you can't do that with anybody right. else. Can't do that with LeBron James? He got beat by Steph Curry. Steph Curry was an MVP and a champion the year that he beat LeBron James head to head. Can't say that with mm-hmm. Bill Bill uh, Russell, right? Bill Russell, I mean, he uh, won 11 Celtics, championships, yeah. but he yeah. didn't play he didn't play at the level that Jordan did individually. It's just you never meet the GOAT standard. He is the GOAT of GOATs. He is the greatest of all time, and he is turning 58. Today. There it is. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday Michael.
1: Michael. Get your own segment, man.
0: I don't know how you're gonna enjoy it, but I'm sure you will since you have two billion dollars and you own a team and you have multiple mansions. Enjoy your time. I will say he <laughs> what, donated what did he ten possibly do. He donated ten million dollars to make more clinics in North Carolina. So hats off to you for that donation, Michael. Thank you for that. That's Mm -hmm. nice. Mm -hmm. Uh, Enjoy your 58th. We will really celebrate when you get to that big 60 milestone. That'll be one. Oh,
1: Uh, man.
0: Dave, all this goat talk. I'm fired up. Are you ready? You ready to fire the show up? Hmm. Dude, I'm ready to play you one-on-one right now. Let's go. Let's fire it up. All three engines up and burning. Two,
3: one. Zero and lift
0: off. Oh, we're getting I, oh man, right now I've got I've got the the uh backdoor rim. It's ready to go. The N1 backdoor rim. Yes. I'm looking at it right now. Oh my gosh. We just just like we were eight years old at Dunk a sleepover, getting ready to do some slam dunks <laughs> like you've never seen. Yes. Mm. Dave, we have got a fantastic show. We've got the great band Betcha. Their lead singer, Charlie Green, he's going to be stopping by, talking all things Betcha. Uh, We're going to talk about him growing up in Bowling Green, Kentucky, and living now in the big city of Nashville, of course. Um, So true. And since we've already done our birthday suit, are you ready to rip some headlines? Let's rip it, man. Let's go.
3: It's now time for Rip from the Headlines.
0: We got a lot of good ones in here. We got a lot of digging to do, Dave. Um, First off, right here, local story, North Florida, out of Gainesville here. Uh, This is a story um, that teaches you, make sure you're talking to the right person. Make sure you're talking to the right person. So an 18-year-old girl uh, tried to run over another individual with her car. Huh? She uh, missed the person and she then tried to back her car up to hit this person again. But when she was backing up, she hit a parked car. So then she got out of her car, told the person that she was trying to run over that she had a gun. Word. But then she turned around and pulled a shower rod out of her car And started beating the person with a shower rod. (laughs) Then the police came, and she was arrested. Uh, When she was arrested, she told the officers, you know, I thought the person was someone I'd gotten into an argument with earlier today. That's why I did that. She thought. What? She thought. (laughs) What? I'm going to say, Dave, it seems... A little lackadaisy no, in IDing never. a person before you try to murder them. You know? <laughs> like, don't you want to get a positive ID on something It's sort of permanent, you know? I'm just I'm not I'm not encouraging it. But you might want to make sure who it is. I'm just saying. You know? And then a shower rod? <laughs> Most shower rods aren't very sturdy. They're kinda flimsy. Yeah,
1: no. Yeah. You, you yeah. Yeah. Something a little a little more BA Yeah, one.
0: I don't I don't know. I don't know about that, but I mean, you know, most of them are like plastic. It's not gonna anyways. Anyways, it's uh Dave, bend on impact. Interesting one out of Cleveland uh this past okay. week's. So a dude walks into Taco Bell right off the campus of the University of Akron. First of all, we know good things happen in Taco Bell. Um Oh yeah. He demanded three tacos. Word. At which time yeah. he informed Kinda the light. cashier. wait
1: for Taco Bell.
0: He he demanded the uh, the cashier, and he said he had a gun, and he mm. wanted his tacos immediately. And it's interesting. Mm. The article then says they they don't explain why. They just say he then left without his tacos. Mm. And. Police officers then called up to him and arrested him, and no gun was found on the subject. Um, now, obviously, I think the most interesting part of the story, Dave, is he left without the tacos. So true. I, I need to dig uh, into that statement. On. Did, did he leave before Taco Bell had time to make the tacos, or were the Taco Bell's employees really that ballsy? To call his bluff on having a gun. Mm. Like, did he go up and was part like. What of
1: town that Taco Bell's in?
0: <laughs> like, well, like, I mean, you know, like, did he, was he like, give me three tacos, I got a gun? And the employee was like, yeah, right. And just went back and started hear working that all again. The time. Like,
4: because
0: I mean, you know, I think everybody's well aware, Dave. If that was me, I would have handed all the tacos he wanted with a mention of a gun. I'd be like, how many you want? Three? You yeah, sure you don't yeah. want 15? Okay, here you go. We can make some more, man. I don't want you coming back. So, 15, 18, what do you want? We'll give you a whole pack. Like, I right. say, but like if he if he did just leave because the tacos weren't ready, like how impatient are you? Right? Like hmm. Taco Bell tacos, it takes them roughly like 30 seconds to shovel that dog dog meat into it's a tortilla. So easy. Like it's not It's so easy. <laughs> like yeah, like I mean, so I gotta guess that they just called his bluff. That's what I'm thinking. I don't know. I need to follow up with the Akra- Akron police. I need to yes, need to dig in a little bit more. Um, Dave, this next story reminded me of some some past uh, hilarities that I've been involved in. Uh, you know what's embarrassing when you text the wrong person something embarrassing. Oh yeah.
1: Right? Yeah. Right? Like you text the wrong David or the wrong yeah. man? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Now, I remember at the old gym I used to work at, we actually had a couple times mm. this happen. Um, hmm. One of the weight room uh, rules for anybody that was working there was you couldn't have your phone out, right? Right. And, and mm. of course, no one followed that rule. Nope. Well... One day, the boss is leaving, and my friend, Ryan, sees our boss right as he's getting ready to to, uh, send a text to his girlfriend. And so he sees the boss, and he luckily, he puts his phone away before the boss sees him. And he's like, all right, well, well, we'll see you later. And then he's watching the boss leave, and he goes back to send the text. But because he had our boss on his brain, he opened his text chain to the boss instead of his Mm. girlfriend. And he sent a text about how he was coming over after the shift with a bunch of heart emojis and kissy faces after it. Like, (laughs) what? And to see Ryan freak out about that was one of the... One of the funniest things ever. It was pretty awesome because the rest of the shift, he's like, What do I do? Well, I sent it to him, man. What do, do I tell him? It was like, you, I'm not supposed to have my phone, and I had it. It's and like, I dude, sent you're,
1: you're going to get written up one time. Chill out. <laughs> You'll I, convinced, be okay.
0: I convinced him. I was like, Dude, just let it set there because our boss was the type of boss, it, nothing was going to come of it. I was like, Just. Just don't respond to him. Don't apologize for it. Don't bring it up. He'll act like it right. never existed. You'll act like it never existed. It'll be good. And I was right. That's exactly what happened. But then the tables turned on another night. We had this other guy, Sam. And Sam probably shouldn't have worked at the gym because uh, he was known to heavily abuse recreational drugs. Word. Um. hmm <laughs> And he was working the night shift, and he had just shown up for the shift when he got a text from our boss, and the text just said, I'm having soup for dinner.
3: Wait, what? Mm -hmm. Now,
0: Now, I'm pretty positive our boss just meant to send that to his wife, right? But, because Sam had a tendency to do recreational drugs, and he had a bit of paranoia induced by those drugs, he was convinced it was subliminal codes for a much darker message. And Sam spent the rest of the night being like, what does he mean? He's having soup. What is he telling me? What is he trying to get across? And we were like, it means he pressed the wrong number, Sam. He's like, no, 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 he's trying to get in my head, guys. This is something else. <laughs> and he spent the rest of the I'm night. I'm tripping out, man. So good. I'm tripping out. So good. You oh man, what a crew. Yes! Anywho, the reason I bring this up, Dave, was because there was a texting boss mishap in Scotland this past week. Oh man. So so Roberta, she was called into her work by her manager. So she's an electrician and her manager Mm -hmm. called her into work. Uh, Now, after he called her into work, she sent him a text. She didn't answer the call. She sent him a text and said, I'm sorry, boss can't make it into work uh, because of bad weather, which they've been dealing with a lot of snowstorms sort of weird in Scotland, but they've been having a bunch of snowstorms and uh, said, can't show up because of work. However, she was actually at a friend's uh, party. They were having a gender reveal party. Girl, come on. And she was at okay. that gender reveal party, uh, and it wasn't because of the bad weather that she couldn't uh, go. But right after she sent that text, she accidentally sent a picture of champagne with the text that said, you dare me to pop it? Wait, what? Oh my mm, gosh. <laughs> mm, oh, that is awkward. Luckily, oh God. the boss, you know, he was cool because, like, you know, she couldn't come in anyways. So he was like, eh, right. whatever. She apologized a bunch of times and he's like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll see you tomorrow. So, you yeah. know, but still. Life's just easier if you don't lie about stuff like that. That's okay. You know that feeling, though. You know that feeling when you look down and all of a sudden you're like, oh, oh, crap, that's the wrong number. Oh, what do I do? Oh, no. Yeah, bad, bad. Uh, Okay, Dave, interesting news in Alabama. A Cracker Barrel in Birmingham received its approval for a liquor license. Oh, shoot. Yes. Now we're talking... During now the talking. during the approval process, a city council member said, "Quote, it's very exciting to hear the Cracker Bell is considering serving Budweiser with those grits." Huh? Which all I have to say to that city council member is, classy. I mean, mm-hmm. nothing says class, am I right? With grits and beer? Yeah. I, that's that's class in the south. Right there. Well, apparently this is happening to cracker barrels all over the country. Think about
1: many people are gonna be stopping at their um, you know on their highway exits during long trips and yeah. get drunk. Yeah.
0: <laughs> in in more evidence of that question, Dave, a man from Mississippi who stopped at a cracker barrel in Tennessee recently had mm. his rooster named Peep that he uses during his civil war reenactments stolen in the parking lot of a cracker barrel and no
1: that is terrible
0: i didn't make that up dave that actually happened after i read the story about them getting a liquor license i then read a story from mississippi of a dude that does Civil War reenactments and his rooster named Peep being stolen at a Cracker Barrel. Ugh. Don't worry. Terrible. They found Peep. He will oh, be back. They found him. He's back in action. So Peep Good. is Good. Gonna <laughs> coming to a Civil War battle near you. Word. Um, Good. Dave, have you ever thought to yourself, man, I would love to stay in a fictional serial killer's house. Nope. Uh, never. Never, yes. ever, 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 ever. Never. Yes. I'm uh, completely on board with your statement, Dave. I agree mm-hmm. with you. Apparently, mm-hmm. Chris Rowan does not. Hmm. Chris Rowan is banking on a lot of people wanting to stay at a fictional serial killer's house. Because Chris brought the house that was used in the movie, Silence of the Lambs. Hmm.
1: No, never. Never, never, never. never.
0: He bought that house and he plans on renovating it back to the exact same look it had in the film. Exactly the same. And then Ah, he's going to turn it into a bed and breakfast. You know what? Wow. Uh, so at
1: least he won't be sleeping there. So, so I but he guess imagines that other people will want to to do that.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I guess folks can come feel like they're about to be murdered by Buffalo Bill in that movie like Nope. What? Oh
1: my goodness.
2: What?
0: And and right now if you are a listener that's like, "Whoa, sounds like something I'd be into." Well, good news. You can sign up. You can be the first person to stay in Buffalo Bill's house. You can go to buffalobillshouse.com and sign up. (laughs) What? What? Like, seriously, though. Fictional I hope people
1: aren't jumping at that. (laughs)
0: Like, fictional or real. Who wants to stay in a murder house? What? No. Like... Recreate the apartment. I mean, apartment. I'm a wuss.
1: I hate scary movies. Exactly. But even if it just looks creepy,
0: it's not a vibe I want. Listeners know my stance on this. So true. Scary movies are not necessary. Nope. The world is scary enough. That's a fact. There is no yeah. need to add scariness to it. It's a freaky deaky place that we need to escape from with comedy and fun, not scary mm. movies. No, thank you. That's a fact. Anyways, if a person wanted to recreate something, recreate the apartment in the movie Big, that's something fun. With Tom Hanks, he's got he's got a or basketball like a, goal in there and a skating rink. Like the
1: house in Big Daddy. Yeah. That too, yeah, without, that's
0: basically you know. the like pretty much the same deal uh, as the yep. the apartment in Big, or maybe the fraternity house in like Neighbors. Recreate that. Oh, I'll go stay in animal that ho- animal house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll stay in those. Not Buffalo Bill's yeah. house. No, thank you. Um, Dave, CNN released a story letting folks know that over Instagram and TikTok, there's been a mm-hmm. war ra- war raging against millennials and the old zebos. Jeez. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Apparently, a lot of Generation Z folks have been telling Millennials mm-hmm. that the laughing face emoji is stupid and not cool.
3: Wait, what? That's yeah.
0: my favorite one. Well, am,
4: actually,
1: I'm not. I don't think I'm. And I'm not. I'm neither of those, am I? Wait, what? You're you're a
0: Millennial, millennial? No. man. You're a Millennial.
4: Uh, crap.
3: Yeah,
0: you're close to the line, but you're a Millennial. You're definitely not yeah. uh, young enough to be I'm a Zeebo. They start about yeah. 3 years after your your uh or 2 years. Well, they years. don't even use like
1: correct capitalization in their text. So <laughs> ridiculous. What do they know about cool emojis?
0: Well, I mean, I got to be honest though. Like if you're worried about how cool your emojis are, unless you're a 12-year-old girl, reevaluate your life. <laughs> like you right now if you're 25 years old and you're wondering, man, is this is this emoji cool enough? Hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your commitment to
1: our society. Or, or if I'm told I'm only allowed to use one emoji per text.
0: <laughs> well, you know what? You know what Michael Jordan worries about on his emojis? He doesn't worry anything. You know why? Because he, he uses one. It's the goat emoji. Yes! It's the goat emoji. That's right, Dave. That is right. <laughs> and, and guess what? That emoji is like Frank Sinatra at an Italian restaurant. It never goes out of style. Michael Jordan, it is always there. He needs
1: his own, he needs his own emoji.
0: Always there. Like a real there. 23 one That's true. Something. They do need to do that. Somebody needs to look into that. You know what? I don't make emojis, oh. but somebody needs to do that. that Someone is, can. That is yes. definitely by a necessity. Um, Dave, this story has been big news uh, the last several weeks. And um, mm-hmm. I'm sure you haven't heard of it because this is your news source. So I'll tell you about it. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm a little confused why this is such a flabbergasting news as well. Uh, they did a study. New York University School of Medicine uh, did a study, and they looked at the air quality in the subway system. Hmm. So they measured the air quality in New Jersey. D.C., mm-hmm. Boston, and New York. And mm-hmm. the study showed that the concentrations of hazardous metals and organic toxins that people were exposed to in the subway were two to seven and a half times greater than outdoor fresh air. Word. To... Mm-hmm. And apparently, Dave, this surprised people. Hmm. Like, people people were shocked people from the transportation department said they were shocked people on the news said they were shocked to which i replied really that surprises you like right like that's being sh- that's that's like being shocked when they come out with a study that shows that taco bell uses low quality meat like yes we know that's a fact get on the subway and pass me another taco Sweet. what are you what are you talking of course like, have any of these people ever just walked down to the subway and took a whiff? Like, it's obvious that it's bad for you. Like, it's like when you spray a, can, uh, a roach with a can of Ray. Have you ever sp- yeah, sprayed like, Ray? Don't
1: smell these fumes. Yeah. And you just look right.
0: around at everybody in the room and you're like, yeah, we're definitely getting cancer from that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sorry about that. Like, it's the same smell. It's disgusting. Like, who how, how I don't I don't understand. I don't understand how they're surprised. Um, okay, Dave. Um, what do you want to hear? I got three stories. We got time for one. Okay. I've got the titles Milking Spiders, Ew. uh, Dead Body, or Bruno Mars. Hmm.
1: I mean, I don't really like any of those. <laughs> oh. Um, we'll we'll, we'll go uh, we'll go dead body.
0: <laughs> okay, all right. You you picked you picked the this one this one uh, is uh, head scratcher. Um, uh-huh. So, in Philadelphia, the Philadelphia mm. Police received a call about a reported burglary. And the Mm -hmm. caller reported seeing a U-Haul truck leaving the scene Mm -hmm. of the burglary. So the police found the reported U-Haul truck driving down the road. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, didn't take them too long. They pulled over the truck. Mm -hmm. As the officers were walking up to the truck, the driver just gets out of the U-Haul with his hands up, saying... I don't want anything to do with this. There's a body in the back. Wait, what? Sure enough, there was a body in the back of the U-Haul. And Mm -hmm. uh, the two men were taken into custody, custody, and uh, they're in connection with the robbery. But the the big question for me in this story, Dave, was, I got to say it's a little late for you to say I don't want anything to do with this like right that's right I, I don't know if you're aware uh, if you're aware you're that there's a body in the back that sort of means you've got something to do with this that is like the right. definition that you've got something to do with it you can't rob a bank and then when the cops pull you over walk away from the car being like hey there's money from the bank in this car and I don't want anything to do with it wait
3: what no, what? no.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry you robbed the bank you n- no no it's your fault right like just real weird they're investigating the murder right now Dave very strange very strange it, it's, um, it's, oh Dave man. come on. we yeah, are gonna take on. a break we are gonna be right back we are gonna hear from our guests for the show this is Betcha with their song Swim Naked right here on the Doc G Show
2: You can swim naked in the lake. Take your car and take it out west and live yourself Still uh-huh.
0: Here on the Doc G Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP ninety five point five FM in Jacksonville, of Florida. Dave,
1: ladies and gentlemen, do us a favor: go mm-hmm. on your podcast downloading platforms and download <laughs> the Doc G Show. Yep, yep. Whatever, whatever you want to do, mm-hmm.
3: you get Podbean, it on.
1: Do it, you know. Yeah, those you got mm-hmm. it on the the. Oh. That was my phone, because I'm about to look at mine. You got it on the podcast oh, oh. app. You know, <laughs> all the cool stuff. Spotify, whatever it may be. Download yep. the Doc G Show. Give us a five-star rating on that platform. Mm-hmm. Comment something that you love about us. And tell a friend. Tell a yes. friend. That way we you know we double. And then yes. we quadruple. And then, I don't know what quintuplets. Is thats is that eight? Ooh, I don't know. No, no. A-
0: eight's like an octuple.
1: I don't oh, know octuplet. what you... Yeah. Yeah. quintuplet. Tuplet. Yeah. tuplet is four. Yeah. yeah. stupid. But anyways... It's all right. Do that. Go on the website, www.thedocgshow.com. You'll see what we got coming up new and some good stuff on there that Doc mm-hmm. does on his own because he's mm-hmm. a baller. Mm-hmm. And then go on the Instagram, at Doc G Show.
0: Yes. yes. Uh Yes. One, one revision... We're not on Spotify. Nope. They have copyright rules that I don't want to comply with, so we're not on Spotify. Oh, jeez.
1: It wasn't Spotify. What's the orange one? SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Thank you. Yes. We are on SoundCloud. We
0: are on SoundCloud. Yes. Yes.
1: Correct. Correct. I don't Uh, even really use Spotify. I don't know why I said that.
0: (laughs) We can, though, if you go on Spotify. Of course, there is the Doc G Show uh, playlist. Uh, which you can listen oh, to every single artist that has ever yes. been on the Doc G show. Which there you go. What a I, plug! Shameless plug. This is not an exaggeration at all. I listen to it probably like fifty percent of the time that I listen to music. Yes! Like if I can't think awesome. of really who I want to go to at that time, I'll just throw on. I'll throw on our guests. And sometimes you know, I'm
1: download the Spotify app just for that.
0: Yeah, and sometimes honestly I'll I'll you know, I'll I'll hit one of the artists and I'm just like, Oh my god, I can't believe we had them on the show. That's so awesome. Right. Like and just like get so excited and then I'll think back and be like, That was a good show. I need to go back and listen to that interview and then sometimes I'll do that. But that takes more effort. So I usually don't actually go back and listen to the show. But I do go through those music. That's no exaggeration. No exaggeration. Check it out, guys. It's good. Two
1: hours and three minutes of yeah. awesomeness. Yeah. Doc G guests.
0: Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. And not only music, there's also the comedians in there. So you get the listen of uh, Joe List. Yes. You get the listen of uh, uh, Ahmed Barucha. So you get true. the listen, uh, let's see, Anthony Davis. You get all of the, the comedians as well. So it's good stuff, man. It's good stuff all the way around. Anyways, Dave, it's time. I need a miscellaneous file here. Here we go. Um, Dave, the other day I was watching a little weather channel because I'm roughly 82 years old in spirit, and uh, the meteorologist was talking about a snowstorm coming to Michigan, and it described the said storm as a panhandle hooker. Oh. oh. Yeah. Yeah, apparently this is a storm that originates in Texas and Oklahoma panhandles and then hooks around to the Great Lakes and drops a bunch of snow on them, which thus panhandle hooker. Uh, Let's let's all give big kudos to the meteorologists that decided these storms should be called panhandle hookers because that's just awesome. But second, Dave, I'm just thinking here, but if there's a band out of say Panama Beach or Tallahassee looking for a name, I'm thinking the Panhandle Hookers. That's a name. You need Dude, to be the Panhandle be so, Hookers.
1: That'd be so good. Yeah. And then your your uh, logo is like a storm, like a tornado or something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That'd right. Be sick. That's good stuff, man. I'm telling you, if there's a band right now, listen to us in Tallahassee. You can thank us later. You're the t- you're yep, the panhandle you're hookers. That's you. That's you guys. Uh, Dave, international shout outs. Are you ready? Hmm. I'm ready. Okay, let's go regulars first. The international first on the regular list. United Kingdom. Shout out, shout out to our All to right, our folks across UK. the pond. Yeah. Yes, sir. Second, of course, always shout out to Italy. Shout Thank out. you, guys. Long time listeners. We love you guys. Fantastic. Next, Ireland. Shout out to Ireland. Shout Thank out. you, guys, for listening, of course. Uh, love it. Espana, Spain. Shout out to Espana. Thank you for listening, guys. Shout out. And yes. our our neighbors to the north. Shout out to Canada. Shout Thank out. you for listening. And lastly, on the regulars, last but not least, Vanuatu, the newest regulars. Thank you guys for listening. Out there in the middle of the Pacific, we appreciate it. I'm coming to your great land at some point in time. I don't know when, but I'm going to make it there, guys. I'm coming. Vanuatu, you can book it at some point in time. Don't know when. Sometime. Hmm. Uh... Dave, semi-regulars. Are you ready for some semi regulars? Here we go.
1: Go. Go.
0: Belgium. Shout out. Shout out to Belgium. Shout out to You gotta win you gotta win our praise again, guys, but thank you for listening this time. Hong Kong. Shout, Shout out, out to Hong Kong. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Uh Argentina. Shout-out to Argentina. Shout-out. to Brazil. Oh, Brazil. Thank you for listening, yes. guys. Shout-out to Austria. Thank you for listening. Shout-out. Shout-out to Israel. Shout-out to India. Shout-out. Shout-out to Good. Norway. And lastly, they were newcomers last week. I shouted them out for DeMarcus. They're back again this week. Shout-out to Senegal. Yeah. Yeah, oh, well, let's go. Yeah, thank you very much guys as I say most weeks. You guys across the world, you're the ones that keep me coming. You're the ones that keep me going guys. You keep listening, I'll keep making the shows. Dave will keep showing up. It'll keep happening. I sure will. Just, just make keep it happen guys. Y'all. Keep listening. Um thank you for your listening. Uh gracias. I don't know any of the other languages in any of the other countries. I'll stop there with Spanish. Gracias. Um, Okay, Dave, two quick uh, leftover stories. First one, I had an interesting job offer for the folks in Adelaide, Australia that there is no way in I'd be a part of. But the Reptile Park at Summersby... On the central coast is asking for a little help. They're asking for spider donations, so oh. they're no, we're asking. are not milking
1: the spiders.
0: <laughs> they're at, Well, you don't worry. You don't actually have. They'll milk them. You have to bring them in. So they're the, asking. What the huge wolf spiders? Well, for funnel web spiders, so these don't no. these guys don't get too huge. They get up to about two inches in diameter. So not nope. super huge, um, but they need them because they are the most poisonous one of the most poisonous spiders in the world, and they oh, need, so they want to
1: keep breeding them.
0: <laughs> no, no, they need they need the venom for the anti venom, right? They have to milk the fangs to get the venom so they can create Um, anti-venom. In a statement, they said, Please catch the funnel webs by using a big glass jar and keeping your hands away from the spider. Coax the spider into the jar and bring it to us. You literally will be helping saving lives. Um, Mm. To which I got to say, Dave... They couldn't even offer like a five dollars per spider reward. Yeah, like yeah, like nothing. Dude, those
1: things are bigger than two inches. Oh, this is the biggest one they've ever seen. It's like the size of a palm.
0: Oh Jesus! Yeah, I don't want any. I don't want any part of that. No, thank you. But like, I mean, when you donate plasma, you're saving lives, and you get thirty-five dollars a pop. Like, and you you don't even have to tango.
1: Sometimes. You don't even
0: have to tango with a spider that can murder you. I mean, I'm just saying, yeah. like, like, Dude, just. Think I, I th-
1: am so glad that these spiders aren't in Florida. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> yeah, God, well, right.
1: Florida's got enough bad sh- with it. We don't need sh- humongous
0: uh, well, well, I was th- spiders. I was thinking about this, like, right now. If you, if I told you, Dave, you had to capture a funnel web spider or capture mm-hmm. a five-foot crocodile, which one are you going with?
1: I'm going for the crocodile.
0: Yeah, all day. Same Easy, here. Easily. Same easily, here. Easily. All day. I'd be like, yeah, bring on that crocodile. There, there's no way. Like, yeah. that That spider? Five-foot
1: snake? I'm still going for the snake.
0: Yeah, let's see. Yeah, snake, snake or spider? Yeah, definitely. It's the spiders are so mm-hmm. unpredictable, man. They're just so fast. They're too bouncy. And and you don't know where mm. they went. Like, if they run behind you and you're like, oh, crap, is it on my back? Yeah, I don't know where it is. Like, oh, no. Like I can see that crocodile. I know exactly where it is. So so
1: question: hmm. Does this antivenom does it help with like all spider antivenoms, or is it specific to specific for
0: funnel web species? So since they started making Mm -hmm. the antivenom, not a single person Mm -hmm. has died in Australia from a funnel web since like 1981. So it is pretty. It's pretty important, but still, like, come on, guys. Free? Can, Come can on. We,
1: can you tell us how many? Can this be up next time? Previously on the Doc G Show, mm-hmm. how many bites there have been? At like how many bites? So saved, yeah. How many people have been saved? Yeah. Got how, it. Many, how many lives
0: saved? Yeah. We'll take. Mm-hmm. We'll take a look. We'll take a look. Well, last story here. Real maybe, quick.
1: Maybe we. Maybe we think there. Because I think in our heads we probably think there are more bites. Do you want to take a guess before the show?
0: Uh I will. Before you say... do research. Well, let's see. I will say there are 36 bites a year. That's Ooh, Yeah, I was going to say like I wasn't say like 25 like two a month. Okay. Yeah. I'm thinking somewhere cuz they definitely slow down in the in the winter. You get most of your bites mm-hmm, apparently yeah. around this time until like winter uh, there, mm-hmm. you know. So you get mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. their fall, what would be their fall, you get the most bites. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. Thirty six so twenty five.
1: Thirty. Yeah, thirty okay. bites a year. it would be three hundred a year. Yeah, over thirty or forty years. Mm-hmm. About like twelve thousand lives. Yeah, that's a crap ton. Okay, Pretty good amount. Cool. We'll I'm see. We'll,
0: yep. we'll see how much it is. We'll see. Hopefully, they got some good stats. Uh, Dave, you yeah. remember the story a couple months back uh, about the uh, Texas grandma? That thought Jason Momoa wanted to marry her?
1: Yes. Yeah, and Ye- he had, she had to send him money.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, apparently that sort of thing is popular in Texas because Girl, a 63-year-old oh. woman started an Instagram profile in 2018 in search of a relationship. Mm-hmm. Apparently this lady was using Instagram like an online dating service. Um, <laughs> It wasn't too long before a profile reached out to her saying it was Bruno Mars. Word. And Bruno Mars was interested in pursuing a relationship with this 63-year-old woman. Uh, They exchanged texts, and then after a couple of weeks, Bruno, surprisingly, asked the woman for money and said that it was Mm. for a friend of the band and touring expenses. He asked for a modest $10,000. Then, a little bit later, he asked for $90,000. To which Mm. the lady sent all of it. Wow. Wow. $100,000. Well, this past week, you're never going to believe this, Dave, uh, but it wasn't Bruno Mars. Wait, what? And they arrested the man behind the scheme. What? Uh, what what shocker right <laughs> well uh I got, I got like I mean again Dave I gotta say like if I was this lady even uh, if Bruno Mars was actually standing in front of me if I could poke him in the face and be like yep feels like 24 karat magic right there got it <laughs> like even then I'd be like uh Bruno aren't you worth like 10,000 times more than me? Don't, right. Don't you have $100,000 in a duffel bag somewhere like Floyd Mayweather? Like, why do you need my $100,000? You're not going to uptown funk me out of $100,000. That's uptown not happening, Bruno. Uptown funk me up. Wait, what? Uptown good,
1: funk you up.
0: <laughs> I don't care how many times I hear that song. It's a good jam. I'm still a fan of that oh, jam. Yeah. It's good, but he's not getting my hundred thousand. That's all I'm saying, Dave. Okay. No. Nope. Uh, Dave, are you ready for the second birthday suit? Of course, Doc. Okay. Well, um, I'm a little less confident on this one. It's in music, uh, but it is hmm. uh current. Well, sort of semi-current music. I would say in your strongest. Era of music, so I'm giving it 65 or 75 percent. 75 percent. Okay. This birthday wears, uh shares a birthday with Michael Jordan. I'm not sure if you knew that, Dave, but that's it's true. Hmm, um, really, it's MJ's February, birthday today too. Yes, I don't know if you heard that or not. Um, no. February 17th, 1991, for this guy in West West Yorkshire, England. Birthday Suitware liked to play music from a young age. He started singing in the choir at the age of four and then learned how to play the guitar at the age of 11. In 2004, he released a compilation of his songs called Spinning Man. Then in 2008, he uh, moved to London to pursue a career in music toured with several hip-hop artists, and he started receiving praise from all over the world. In 2010, he was invited to play at the Foxhole, a club owned by Jamie Foxx. And he stayed at Jamie Foxx's house. In 2011, he appeared on Later with Jules Hollins and released his song, The A-Team. His song, Give Me Love was used in the show The Vampire Diaries. In 2012, Mm -hmm. Taylor Swift contacted him and asked him to contribute to her album. He then went on Mm -hmm. tour with her in 2013. He released his album Multiply on June 2014. With that album, he became the highest streamed artist and album for 2014 on Spotify. In 2015... Our birthday suit wearer wrote a song for Justin Bieber titled Love Yourself. He released his third album on March 3rd of 2017 with singles Shapes of You and Castle on the Hill. With this album, he became the most streamed artist for Spotify of 2017. That's right. With a total of 6.3 billion streams. He collaborated with Justin Bieber on the song, I Don't Care, which at the time broke the one-day stream record of all time. On December 21st, Mm -hmm. he released his newest single, uh, Afterglow. Name that birthday suit wearer.
1: He's English. Yep. And he's relevant. I'll, I'll give say you a hint, Ed Sheeran. There it is. I didn't have to give him Let's a
0: hint. Go. Ed Sheeran Let's is go. correct. I remember the first time Ooh. I heard the A Team, Dave. It was actually while I was working at the gym. That's. They thing. had an alternative That's station, and they played the crap out of the A Team in 2011. I remember.
1: I ha- I'm gonna have to look that one up. I don't remember
0: that. Yeah, one. I remember that song. Yes! Mm. Yeah, I'll
1: probably remember it once I hear it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm
0: i can't i can't recreate it because he's got just such an angelic voice no, that that voice Ed Sheeran. is just too good man now i will say he's too so good. that sort of made the the hobbit the second hobbit movie his song mm-hmm. on there uh Deso- and the desolation of smog he he uh made the closing credit song that's a jam That is a jam. If you guys haven't learned listen to that one, check it out. Anyways, guys, we are going to take a break. We are going to be right back with Charlie Green of Betcha right here on The Doc G Show. Let's go. The Doc G Show. Because sometimes you need something playing in the background. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on
2: 99.5 FM. Spinnaker. This is 95.5 Spinnaker Radio, W S-K R L P F M, UNF Jacksonville.
0: Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today we are joined by the guitarist and singer for the fantastic band, Betcha, Mr. Charlie Green. Charlie, how are you? Hey,
5: man. How's it going? We're doing good.
0: Good. Out uh, here in, uh, in Nashville. Nice. Nice. Well, uh, Betcha is you, Ben, Doobie, and Chase. And you guys are sort of all over the country as far as where you're originally from. Um, For sure. You're originally from Bowling Green, Kentucky. Uh, That's right, yeah. And I, I heard I heard actually in one interview that I saw that you actually weren't really into to music heavy. I mean, you liked music. But, like, sort of uh-huh. your thing was, was sports in middle and high school. Is that true?
5: Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was kind of thing, you know, just suburban Kentucky, you know, getting more into sports. And then uh, once I found myself sitting on the bench for uh, most of the games, I decided <laughs> to switch it up.
0: <laughs> what sports did you like to play?
5: Uh, I played soccer and uh, football and then basketball. But um, Nice. Kind of stuck with soccer through the end. But uh, But, yeah, just kind of. Switched
0: it over to you know really get into music around like sophomore year and stuff like that. Nice, nice. Now, uh, some listeners may know this, uh, some may not. But you were you were born with microtia bilateral artesia, which basically means you were born with without ears. And I you know I heard you describe how you had to travel all over the the country uh, to have these surgeries done as a young kid, which had to be a huge ordeal and i think it's it's such a testament to like you and your doctors that you end up in music despite that you know that's so so cool but was your ear conditioning uh having that hearing condition was it ever an issue playing sports or was, like, sports an escape from it?
5: Um, I don't really know. I mean, for me, I, I kind of started having surgeries, I guess, right like, before I turned five. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of, and then I stopped. I, had, I think I had seven, like, pretty major surgeries on my ears. And then to the last one, I think in, like, fourth grade. So I was, like, ten or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, so I don't know. It's all just kind of a blur. I mean, I definitely played sports. But, like, that whole time, I basically had, like, a bone seductive urinate. So it looked like a pair of, like, headphones, basically, yeah. that, like, step on your ear and then I think I just took it off during the game so mm-hmm.
0: probably to uh, through the whistle a lot and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> well well s- sort of on that same tip you know I was I was wondering being having that sort of being into sports before you got into music uh, a lot of people have sort of used the pandemic to to get themselves back into like a fitness groove. Yes! Have you yeah, have you been sure. hitting the workouts during the pandemic? Uh
5: yeah, I mean, yeah, get, get into the at-home workouts, definitely different. Um, but yeah, I just kind of, uh, I got like back into biking pretty hard, and I just found this loop that kind of goes. It kind of just takes you around the whole city of Nashville. It's just like a greenway, nice, um, and just been like biking that like a ton, just getting outdoors and stuff like that. The rest of the band, they've kind of been going hard on like the garage, like prison workout type of vibe. <laughs> um, so <laughs> this is a lot more intense and probably more bad out
4: on my bike listening
0: to music hey hey, it's more i there's nothing more that i like than getting on a bike and going out for a cruise that's always always fun gets the blood flowing you get to see things and is this is this a is it a paved trail that you're
5: on yeah 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 Yeah.
0: nice nice i don't Mm -hmm. yeah the mountain you know going through actual like a rough trail that's too much it's yeah too yeah. much concentration too much things going that could go bad much better on a, <laughs> on a paved trail for sure yeah um yeah. well so i guess getting in a little bit to the music uh like we said you're from bowling green and you know i think everybody that's sort of into music knows the biggest export right now is cage the elephant which yeah. Was from mm-hmm. Bowling Green. And they, they went yeah. to the same middle school as you?
5: Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, I went to the same middle school. And then I would have gone to the same high school, but we had, like, a new high school kind of mm. open up and we were, like, the first class to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, pretty crazy. Just this is, uh this thing there called Pit Balls. Mm-hmm. Um, we played it many a times, but mm-hmm. they kind of, I think they kind of got even signed. I think Matt, the singer, was, like, still in high school when they wow. kind of started, like, really popping off, but... They made that place, like, I think it's a historical landmark uh, in no. Kentucky, and it's just, like, so crazy. But, yeah, I mean, Rolling Green's like, still has a great kind of, like, underground kind of rock, alt rock, like, music scene. Yeah. Like, for it being, you know, a small, you know, a small town, it's still, like, I think they've just inspired so many people to just kind of have a scene there, you know what I'm Yeah,
0: did, did, I mean, were you, was your musical aspirations inspired by them a little bit?
5: Uh, not until college. I feel like for me, like <clears throat> I didn't, I was just like kind of in high school and just never had really like branched out to see what that was all about. But yeah, it was definitely more like this more singer songwriter, like honestly, that like, kind of like more folk vibes. Just getting started, Cause it was just me and an acoustic guitar. Yeah, you know, it's hard to rock out too hard. Um, <laughs> but and then kind of once I came to college and like got a band formed, and then we kind of started moving in that more kind of alt rock direction. And I mean, I've always loved Cage. I mean, he's at the bowling thing. You, you know all the size and deep cuts are like the ratios that people
0: play yeah yeah well but, one other thing on on bowling green uh this is just i was just you know this is what i know bowling green for is that it's the mm-hmm. home of the corvette factory where they yep. make mm-hmm. corvettes i gotta add, did you ever like take a field trip there in school
5: Oh, yeah, for sure, yeah. Nice. And then the, it kind of got outshined by the sinkhole, too. I don't know if you saw that a couple of years ago. But oh, like no. The whole, the whole museum, like, there was a massive, like, huge sinkhole that just, like, like, like it's like this big, like... It just like, ate the museum? Yeah, yeah, you have to look it up. Oh, it really man. Crazy, like, all these, all their vintage, like, show guitars just, like, in the middle of their, like, just, like... Oh, <laughs>
0: man, no. So, that's... Yeah. yeah i'm sorry i missed yeah. that and, and i'm s- nah,
5: it's good, it's good. <laughs> man
0: well that i was thinking of that because like i went on some pretty lame field trips like we had a volvo dealership or a volvo factory near my uh wow. near my house and Come on. Uh-huh. Nobody wants to see a Volvo being made. Uh-huh. That's not fun.
5: Yeah. Corvette? That's pretty sweet. My girlfriend said that uh, when she grew up, every year they went to in and out and they showed them how they made the brew. Ooh. So that was like...
0: Oh, <laughs> man. You got to
5: work with what you got.
0: I would yeah. definitely leave that field trip obese. There is definitely yeah. <laughs> no way I'd get out of that. Um, yeah. So after high school, you like you said, you, you end up going to Belmont for college yeah and we actually had you know belmont it seems like it's such a it's such a happening i you know because it's in nashville and just just other we've had a lot of alumni on the show uh well tammy rogers from uh steel drivers who's an alumni of belmont and moon taxi those guys are from belmont did it did it feel like when you got there did you feel uh you know, like, you had a lot of competition and a lot of artists just all around you?
5: Yeah, I mean, pretty much, like, everyone who goes there, I think I have, like, 90%, Yeah. You know, especially freshman year. Freshman year, like, everyone's <laughs> just, like, you know, blue-eyed and just, like, wanted to make it happen, and almost, like, it's almost more so of, like, everyone feeling each other out, and instead, yeah. it's like, oh, what do you do? Like, is this person, and then, uh, and then, like, sophomore year, it's kind of, like, people start kind of forming groups, mm-hmm. kind of just, like, stuff like that but um you know and then by junior year like you know maybe only like a third of people are still like doing the music stuff and maybe the rest like haven't you know decided it wasn't for them or whatnot
4: so mm-hmm.
5: it's definitely it's 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 weird but it's really cool too because like you know bowling it being in bowling green like i wasn't you know reaching out to as many people like form bands and stuff like that like i had a couple of bands but and then when you get to here you're almost like oh okay everyone in this college is like you know they moved here from all over the country to like yeah you know, try to be a professional musician or be in a band or whatnot, and so it's almost like everyone you're choosing to work with is like really, really good, so
4: mm-hmm. it's
0: just like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, well, obviously Nashville's Music City, um, and it's, yeah. it's known for every type of artist. I mean, we've had hard rock artists and pop and R and B all from Nashville, but it, it's still it's still country's in its bones. Um, have Were you guys, any of you guys, drawn by country music? Or was it ever even like a, a thought or inspiration in what you guys do?
5: No, not really. um Ben, our guitar player, he's like, Rascal Flats is like his ultimate guilty pleasure. He like knows <laughs> Flats front the back. But no, and like with Nashville too, it's weird because it's almost like so much of like the tourism and stuff is like so country. And yeah. Country's such a big part of it, but it's weird, like, me, you know, pretty much all my, most of my friends who, like, interact with, like, you know, have, have nothing to do with country. And it's almost like it weirdly, like, doesn't exist to us unless you, like, go on Broadway. Wow. Or one of those
4: things.
0: Yeah. But, yeah, for yeah. sure. Well, another thing on Nashville, and I know where my, listen, uh, my listeners know where I'm going with this, uh, but Nashville is also a food city. So true. And oh, yeah. for the last several years, every Nashville guest i've had on the show i've asked if i come to nashville where are you telling me to eat so if i call wow. you up charlie and i say i've got one night in nashville where should yeah. i eat what are you going to tell me
2: uh, man um i'm
5: trying to think i mean if you're trying to ball out like <laughs> there's this place called oku so oku sushi uh-huh. um, and even, it's in germantown uh-huh. and it's like crazy like great I, I know like naturally you wouldn't think sushi but this place is like <laughs> really really good and then there's, <laughs> then there's another place called monell's where if you're trying to get like the southern like comfort like soul uh-huh. food experience like it's just like i think it's like everyone sits at a table of like you know pre-pandemic like eight, ten people and mm. then like you have to put your phones away and yeah it's just like you get a feast of like fried chicken mac and cheese mashed potatoes collard greens like everything and nice hey like a percentage at the end and that if you're looking for an experience then you go to
0: monell's yeah that's that's a lot like there's a place in savannah georgia that's called mrs wilkes and that's what you do Ooh. you go in yeah. you, you go in and you, you have like 10 people and they just bring stuff out to you and uh yeah yeah it's it's definitely cool unless you get set next to some weirdos and then it's like mm-hmm. all right this is making this this food harder to eat now
5: <laughs> well and you gotta be you gotta eat your share because if you only have one biscuit and mac and cheese you're still gonna pay you know, yeah exactly for someone who ate 10 pieces of chicken
0: you gotta you, so. you gotta you gotta save up before you go in for the meal for yeah. sure mm-hmm. i like i like oku sushi though that's in germantown in nashville and a sushi mm-hmm. spot nice yeah nice that's yeah. a that's a curveball man and that's the, the i know Great thing about Nashville, though, it doesn't matter how many guests I've had on the show, I always get new recommendations. Like it's never, it's yeah. it's not a repeat. It's crazy how much, how many options there are. So impressive.
5: Um, it also feels like a new restaurant opens every day. So even if you're on every day, you're gonna get a new.
0: Well, <laughs> it it's sort of it's sort of like I think about it, man. It's it's sort of like you know the chefs of these restaurants and the the makers of these restaurants. It's sort of like being a musician in Nashville like you got to bring your A game or you're just going to get oh, sure. you're just going to get washed out of the city. Um Yeah, absolutely. Well, so when you got to school and you started playing the the first person that you really sort of uh hooked up with the play was was Ben. Um mm-hmm. Yeah. Who who sort of contacted who there? And like did you want to play with another person or were you still in that mindset of I'm a, uh, you know, individual artist.
5: Yeah, so, like, the, the way, like, Nashville, like, really works, like, at least five years ago for, like, singer-songwriters and, like, mm-hmm. people trying to do more of the solo stuff. is like, writer's round. Yeah. So, like, was, you know, every night of the week, there's, you know, multiple places. Bluebird. You and sign and, up and, yeah. Yeah, and a lot of them, they wait, like, three or four hours, and you just play into a bunch of other, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Singer-songwriters waiting to play, so yeah, I came to Nashville kind of with that more singer-songwriter kind of vibe, and we're just doing these things like every night, kind of exhaustingly, just you know Mm -hmm. waiting two hours to play, three hours to play, in like these cafes or whatever. Mm -hmm. Just like grew up like loving bands so much, like Mm -hmm. just all the shows I went to as bands, but just like for some reason just didn't really think about it, and then was just driving home from one of these rounds of just playing to a bunch of like you know quiet people sitting and i was like yeah and i would miss like concerts and like rock shows and i was like oh like what if i formed a band <laughs> and then so Ben is just kind of this you know guitar god type of dude on on campus just playing a lot and, yeah you know like i said freshman year everyone's kind of talking about who's who and who goes what and i just kept hearing about this being dude's kid that played guitar and all this stuff so anyways i ended up just hitting him up and we just started jamming in like a like a bell tower on campus and then just like immediately just started writing songs yeah just kind of we just kind of kept it like a duo for like a year and just like, kept writing and just like being a little more picky about who we you know added into the band, yeah. stuff like that
0: now yeah. i mean it sounds like you guys you guys clicked right away as far as working together
5: yeah
0: nice nice yeah,
5: for sure and uh and yeah and and it was weird too because, you know, writing writing songs like saying oh we're gonna be a band for writing songs on just two, two guitars with no drums and bass like we kind of <laughs> I think we waited way too long and was like <laughs> continuing to say oh this is what this is gonna sound like you yeah know I mean? but it all yeah. worked
0: out nice nice nah, well I, I I love this part that I, I've heard you talk about before but you <clears throat> you and Ben uh, just emailed. All, all, a bunch of producers of bands that you yeah. liked and you sort of wanted to work with and said, Hey, uh-huh. uh, here's our stuff. Um, do yeah. you want to work with us? Which I, I think is great for so many reasons. I feel like a lot of artists work so hard on their music and so hard yeah. on getting like good gigs, but they never really think about producers. And you know, the producers always like down the road somewhere what made you guys yeah. decide to do that?
5: Uh, that was all Ben. And, like, the weird thing about that is, like, we, you know, we're just so funny. Like, we would just sit around, like, oh, we love, you know, we love Coldplay, like, mm-hmm. like being their producer in England. You know? I like, yeah. like so, It was just, like, just kind of funny. Like I guess just sitting around. And Ben just really took a hold of it. She was like, oh, we have to have, like, good-sounding records. Like, we have to have, like that's what's going to make things start to pop. And yeah. So I was just like, yeah, I, mean, I had no idea. Yeah. Was, <laughs> All right, like, sure. So I was kind of like you, know, like, yeah, we need to play Geeks and like, get discovered at, you know, wherever. Yeah. Um, But anyway, so we just, like, recorded some, like, just, like, very, you know, rough demos, and I think we even, like, took a couple, like, acoustic videos of us, like, playing stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, And then we'd, uh, we'd send one to King, and then, like, Kings of Leon and James Bay and stuff like that. And he'd actually hit a staff and like, hey, you guys are, like, really sick. Like, I love your voice. Like, songs are cool. Like, you know, definitely get a band together. But, you know, feel free to shoot the stuff over, you know, putting that being over the years. And, like, wow. you know, maybe at some point we'll, uh, we'll work together. So then once we had that, we're like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, if we, you know, it almost kind of drove us, like, hey, if we, you know, did our songs together and all that stuff and, and the band together, like, you know, maybe we can record with this, like, you know, Grammy winning, producers. yeah,
0: yeah. So, uh, how many, how many funny, producers so. did you uh contact overall? Do you remember?
5: Oh, I don't know, it was definitely been doing it all, but it's <laughs> even funny because like you know, Belmont had big things like you know, job fairs and like, yeah, you know, big fairs and like the basketball thing was like lighting people and all this stuff. And yeah, I remember, like for whatever reason, like we just emailed like everyone on like this 100 page pamphlet stuff that would never <laughs> even apply to us, you know what I'm saying? Like you know, acoustic sound design studio and we just like emailed everyone and just like let them know who we were and like sent a couple demos and like we'd love to work with you. I don't even know why, but I think <laughs> we're just like got that the, driven to like, oh got yeah, the name who, out there. No matter what.
4: Yeah. yeah
0: so. I mean I funny. I think it's super cool though too that Jakir actually responded. Like he actually listened. Yeah. Like I mean this dude, like you said, he's been nominated thirty five times Jeez. for Grammys. Yeah. And he's won three mm-hmm. of them. And he's still out there yeah. searching for good music, like that. Yeah, that's super, super impressive. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Now, now on the newest EP that you guys released, feels like we've been here before. Uh-huh. Did Did Jakir produce all of those tracks?
5: No, no. Um, so for that, we end up linking with like three different dudes, mainly this guy JT Daly. Mm-hmm. Um, we hit he's a nashville dude um like super super fire mm-hmm. super talented kind of like exploding right now um nice. but he he kind of like some k-play stuff like he recently did like grandson he was in this band called paper route but mm-hmm. we'd uh, written a song called falling with him on like the first record mm-hmm. um and so ended up just really clicking with him did a lot of songs with him and then we did two or three songs out in L.A., two with this producer named Brian Phillips, and then the song July um, with the producer named Nick Furlong. So it was Mm. kind of a medley of the guys.
0: Did you find, did you, I mean, would you want to work with all of them sort of in the future, or did one you guys click with more than the other?
5: Yeah, I mean, everyone's great. I mean, everyone we've ever worked with, you know, we've had nothing but you know, love and respect for. So, I don't, I don't know. I think I think it just depends on, like, where the music keeps going because each one kind of has their, their kind of yeah. niche for, for what, you know, we're doing. But, yeah, I mean, we still have, you know, relationships with all of them. And I think we're just, you know, in the process right now of kind of back to the drawing board and, mm-hmm. and looking at songs. And then even for us, too, like, our goal is to kind of get to a point as a band where we can start handling a lot of self-production like mm-hmm. ourselves, certainly, you know, for a lot of songs because, you know just with the way the music industry's going now with like indie pop and these kids you know just kind of blowing up on oh, tiktok yeah. and whatnot it's mm-hmm. just like a lot of people are just you know learning to produce their own stuff and that's like one just being belmont you know music kind of nerds too that's something that's really important to us so no oh, for sure i think it'll be a blend of both Of still you know having a mentor and having someone to point them in the right direction but just slowly yeah, stuff,
0: right? Yeah. well I mean I know like talking to the guys in Moon Taxi that's what they said, you know they, they worked with Jakir and they got some ideas and then they were doing most of it themselves after that, it's like you get a couple ideas you get a couple of you know here's how you do this and you take and learn from all of those and if you're getting a medley yeah. like you had on that last EP, that's even better See, yeah. see what you like from each one of the producers for sure
5: I think what's so great about being in the room with even like an engineer is so great is like for a band you know if we can kind of just be in a relaxed you know creative you know playing at the state and mm-hmm. I think you know really good performances come out of that and then when you also add us recording but also you know engineering and also producing and all that stuff it's a little bit you know you gotta take the time and the energy to go okay, like, hey, I'm gonna it's time to actually perform and yeah. you know, play and not worry about what's on the computer you know what I'm saying yeah. so um I think it's just you know it's a learning experience for us and we're kind of in the trenches of it right now. But I think it's something
0: just we we need to learn to do. You know. What I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. Well, now you guys had some you had some good momentum going before the pandemic. There, you know, you had plans for the tours and there were release dates scheduled. Uh, and then of course, like most bands, it was just came to a halting, grinding stop really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, take, take us a little bit from like the start of the pandemic to you guys actually like releasing feels like we've been here before. Like what, what had to switch around, what changed and, and you guys finally coming out with it.
5: So our timing is like crazy with the pandemic. (laughs) So we basically went, we had a week in the studio, like seven days. Mm -hmm. Um, and let's, and it's it's weird if you think about the pandemic because everything just kind of happened.
4: Mm-hmm. 24
5: hours you know what I'm saying? like weeks before like oh this is going off in europe like all this mm-hmm. stuff like is this gonna happen here like whatnot so say we went to the studio on like a monday mm-hmm. and then like that 24-hour news cycle where everything just went crazy was like on a wednesday mm-hmm. so we basically got two days in the studio <laughs>
4: Jeez, so, like that
5: monday everything's fine that tuesday it's like we're all looking at the news like yeah this is about to become something Get and, crazy like, we had some,
4: yeah
5: yeah we have some people who like we weren't about to like risk it you know with stuff like that with the health and everything yeah you know we had like seven or eight people in the room um and then that like whatever that Wednesday it's like, oh okay, that's like <laughs> when everything kind of hit the fan yeah, and so we just decided we just kind of shut it down and it was like super, super weird. And we were just like, okay, well maybe we'll be back in a week. You know, Yeah. Maybe, like I think we are like, okay, two weeks from now, let's get back in the studio. And then of course that didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> so that was like in March, like the, you know, the second week in March.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: Um, yeah. And so we ended up just kind of like, getting drums and bass kind of for a lot of the songs Mm and that's like kind of the most important like the foundation of of the record at least in the recording process and kind of the hardest thing to get sounding really really good is the drums
4: Mm -hmm. um
5: so luckily we had that and then for our song Deja Vu and like Closer to the Sun we actually did like a lot of it in our basement kind of just sending tracks back and forth to our producer. so we would kind of be on Zoom or FaceTime or whatever for like an hour and tracking guitars or tracking some vocals and whatnot and then we we compress all the files and stems and send it to him and then he'd work on it and send stuff back. And so that's kind of just like how we finished a couple of the songs and like our flow for wow. like so it was weird because like we had I feel like with a lot of people the pandemic hit and like, oh my gosh, like what am I gonna do? And mm-hmm. for us it was like crap we have so much to work on
4: yeah
5: um it actually kind of kept us really sane and like didn't make it feel as weird because we just had so much to do every day yeah weird way Mm -hmm. um so i kind of grateful for that you know what i'm saying for sure definitely
0: now I'm i'm guessing like as far as the on facetime zoom sort of deal that was sort of like the conference after they listened to things they sort of gave you like the notes of like okay this is what this is what I'm hearing and whatnot. There wasn't any like live direction.
5: Oh, no, not tracking live. I think it was more so like, uh, hey, we're going to mic up these guitars and, and these amps and yeah. you know, what, what sounds good here, or, or just talking about what we're going to do for the day. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, and even with like JT, who, uh, we did a lot of that for, like he works so fast that we, you know, we could send him a, uh, a, you know, a, a dry piano, kind of MIDI sound, mm-hmm. um, electric piano, and then he'll mess it up and send it right back. Um, wow. And then we ended up doing that with our buddy Brian, uh, to out in LA for a mm-hmm. song called still love you mm-hmm. um where we end up actually re- recording drums because there was no way <laughs> that we were going to get out to LA yeah um, and so we actually recorded drums in our basement and, and sent him that and then he just basically out in LA just took our drum tracking and just tried to match it to sound like what we'd done you know six yeah. months prior in mm-hmm. his studio so pretty crazy but um for sure really cool
0: for sure what now was did you have the the release date that you ended up releasing it was that planned for a while like fairly soon in the pandemic or
5: no we were supposed to so we were supposed to finish recording it by like you know, the, the end of March and mm-hmm. we kind of started going on tour. We were supposed to go on tour starting at the end of March all mm-hmm. the way to like May, end of May. Mm-hmm. So the plan was to get it mixed and mastered while we were on tour and mm-hmm. then put it out, put out the record while we were on tour. Yeah. Um, and then it didn't, it didn't come out to October. Yeah. Because it took, you know, six six months to get back and, and finish it.
0: So. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, now, Like like you mentioned, you know, I mean, obviously that's what most bands do is they, they tour after they release it, you know. Here's it here it is. We're we're supporting it now. Did it feel weird, you know, releasing this EP and just being like, "Oh, I guess they'll just have to go find it." Like we can't play yeah. shows.
5: Yeah, we're still figuring that out honestly. I mean, we didn't really have, you know, even with like the label and and management like everyone is, you know, no one is prepped to deal with <laughs> pushing artists or projects in a pandemic in this yeah. world. So like, I think for us, it was so much like, Oh, we were able to get the music together. Like, wow. what a you know, I can't believe we made yeah. a record. Like this is going out. And then kind of realized like, and I think people, even back in like September, October, you know, there was still talks of like, Oh, touring will be early mm-hmm. next year. T- touring will be February of, of 2021. Yeah. So I think for us, it was like, okay, maybe, maybe we'll go on tour, you know, three or four months later. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah but and then uh, and then now it's just like you know we're going we're going into the band and we are reimagining a lot of songs off of the ep so mm-hmm. like we're just doing completely different versions of the song so nice. and like kind of tap that on to an ep or t- kind of tap that on to make it a deluxe version um we have a song called july yeah it's actually been kind of our most productive like best release ever so i think we're going to try to get like a feature and someone to kind of sing on it um, and kind of push that into the summer and stuff like that. So it's nice. all kind of virtual stuff. But, yeah, just getting creative with pushing a record without touring is super, super Yeah, weird. <laughs> I, I, th-
0: I think it's, it's it's really funny, like, looking at different artists that have been on the show and the different responses. Because, like, some some artists have actually, like, seen a boost from it as far as, like, mm-hmm. their listening audience. And then some, yeah. like, I think it's just, you know, their audience and, and who, you know, who's coming so far as far as the EP has been released. Uh, what have you thought of the response?
5: Yeah, I mean, it's been great. I mean, it's been our best, uh, rec- best thing we put out, you know, in terms yeah. of reception-wise. Nice. Um, I think for us, to like, we put out a lot of the singles kind of in the spring and you know, in the mm-hmm. summer when mm-hmm. most people weren't putting out music at all because people can get out of their houses and we just were lucky enough to have a studio in our basement and so I think you know when you put out music normally you know there's just so much music always coming out and mm-hmm. so much you know people's attention span is so much shorter but we were able to put out songs and <laughs> kind of live on these same playlists and stuff and we noticed that you know not a lot of other not a lot of other artists were really being added and stuff and yeah. we just kind of stayed in just because no one else was putting out music at the time which was like kind of you know good for us in yeah we that
0: so like, you know. do you feel do you feel yeah. like a need to do that like I mean as far as putting out the singles uh I mean do you see that as sort of a, a you know a, a, a sort like you said an attention getter for your for your uh listening base or do you prefer to do that because I know some artists would rather just write a whole album and go for that
5: yeah so we had like we still have like a whole album ready but um I, even like for us like you know the goal is to kind of put out a record right before a tour so we were almost just kind of stalling like we probably put out more singles mm. than we normally would have but yeah. for us it's just like okay you know because we just kept hearing you know when the summer was we're gonna like, get yeah the fall mm-hmm. yeah so it's just like and even now like you know singles just can live for so much longer you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying like if you put out a, a song like a good single can have a, you know, a six month lifespan. Yeah. Whereas before it's almost like you put out two singles a month before the record. And then, you know, you put the record out, but Yeah, it's just changing so fast.
0: For sure. For sure. Well, what's, what's the rest of, of 2021 hold for Betcha? What are you guys planning on doing, uh, you know, for this year?
5: Yeah. So we're pretty much like, like I kind of talked about earlier, just now in our kind of self production, uh kind of grind just every mm-hmm. day like we probably have you know 15 or so songs that wow. we just, they're just just keep chipping away at every day just like you know maybe today we'll try tracking real drums i think we're just like honestly just playing around and just kind of learning um and just you know just trial and error how to get the best stuff and then
4: yeah.
5: you know uh still like zoom co-writes or like you know if, you know, we've, we've had COVID and someone else has had COVID and that, like, we'll do, like, an in-person kind of mm-hmm. social distance thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's just kind of it. Like, we have, you know, we're playing, uh, like, a festival or something, like, in, like, the end of August. Like, that's the only show we have booked right now, but we have, you know, no idea uh, yeah. if that'll happen. With all the vaccines, I mean, like, I think that's the first one. So we've had, you know, so many shows that we had booked just come and go or yeah. we scheduled or canceled and that's like kind of our only one on the books. And we're just like, well, maybe, you know, <laughs> <We'll see. laughs>
0: well, you, but, you, I guess you just sort of conditioned yourself to to say, all right, let's just leave them off uh, in until we, we get a little bit better of an idea. Because I know, yeah. I know some artists were just like kept on putting a new one up, canceling it. Putting a new one
5: up, yeah. canceling it. So, yeah. yeah.
0: August, August yeah, sounds cool. doable.
5: Yeah. Um, I was going to say, we did something cool a mm-hmm. couple months ago. We drove our van and uh, all the way out to Joshua Tree.
4: Yeah, uh, I
0: saw that on Instagram, and, yeah.
5: And, and shot a music video out there. And, you know, just get, like, for us, you know, we're used to being on the road, you know, a quarter of the year, you know, yeah. traveling and, and playing shows. So, for us being stuck at home in Nashville all the time is like weird, <laughs> you know, for us, we kind of, kind of drive ourselves crazy. So yeah. it's saying, you know, we save up a little bit of money here and, and you know, maybe go to a cabin in like Gatlinburg or maybe, mm-hmm. you know, just trying to find places to go, you know, set up our whole studio somewhere for a week and just, and just write. So I think that's like been the biggest, like mental health, like, yeah. you know, thing that we can kind of do with no touring.
0: For sure. For sure. Well, uh, I couldn't help but notice also on Instagram, one of your goals there you had listed keep the house plants alive mm. have you <laughs> have you done that so far are the house plants so still far. alive
5: yeah the problem with our house plants too is our whole our whole creative space is our basement mm-hmm. so everything we make but it's a dark you yeah know, that's not natural n- mm-hmm. like basement so it's more like uh just Keep hauling these massive <laughs> plants up and down the stairs. So I, I think so. I think for our sanity, we have to, like, have something to, you know, care for. So
0: nice. Good. Always uh, good to be a plant father. That's good. Uh-huh. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> well, Charlie, let's cross our fingers that the Betcha plants will make it through the year and... We will get some new Betcham tunes by the end of the year. That's what I'm hoping for, man.
5: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we'll have music out. You know, I think our our goal is to try to get some out by the screen. And uh, we got a couple things planned for the summer. So, yeah, lots lots of Betcham music this year.
0: Awesome. Uh, Awesome. Well, Charlie, thank you for taking the time to talk to us today, man. It's been a pleasure.
5: Yeah. Appreciate you guys for having me.
0: Awesome listeners you can check out all things betcha at betcha you can listen to them on spotify on apple or you can follow them on instagram at betcha.band. right now let's take a listen to that uh, biggest hit july right here on the doc g show And we are back here on the Doc G Show. Betcha, right there. Betcha, man. Betcha, that's good stuff, man. Betcha. Bowling Green. Did you know that Bowling Green was the home of Corvette? Did you know that, Dave? I, d-
1: I did not. Yeah, well. I did not, but it adds another notch to their belt.
0: I mean, I guess you know you, you don't really call. I mean, they're they're the home of the factory, so but it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I had not mm-hmm. heard. He had told me that the, the whole the the whole museum had just fell into a sinkhole. What? It's crazy. Yeah. That All their so great cars, odd, just
1: that's crappy luck. Think, I was about to say, think of the history of cars yeah. down down the hole, just
0: down in a hole, man, Ugh. down in a hole. Now. I'm guessing we're uh, you're not a, a Cage the Elephant fan. Mm. Have you ever listened to their music, nah. Cage the Elephant?
4: Mm. No. Nope. It's
0: funny, actually. Like I started listening to Cage the Elephant right around when the A-Team came out, uh, um, Ed Sheeran. Oh. That was right around the same time, like yep. 2011-ish. Okay. Well, they were a little bit earlier, yeah. but I started listening to them a little bit later. So, you know, I started listening to them around 2011-ish. But... Good inspiration, a hometown there for sure. And he's been getting his bike on during the the pandemic, which you know me, Dave, got to. I'm a fan. I like that. I'm a fan. Yeah, we both are. Yeah. But, you know, it's like I told him, I'm not looking for any of that serious road biking. You give me a give me a beach cruiser, let me cruise. I'm not looking for any intense I'm not bent over on some kind of Your
1: leisurely stroll. Yeah,
0: exactly. I'm not looking for some kind of wedgie inducing pain pain seat. No thank you. That's right. Give me a big a- cushion on that seat. I don't want one of those, you know, road bikes with their pain inducing wedgie machines. No thank you. Nope. nope. No, nope. thank you. Anyways, thank you. To Charlie Green for coming on the show. Go check out their music. It's fantastic. Uh, Hopefully when they get on the road again, they'll come by here in Jacksonville. Can't wait. Uh, Dave, you know what time it is. Hmm... Yes, sir. It's shoe and tell, Woo! Dave. I tried to score some sweet Carmine sixes that were released this past weekend with the original Nike Air on the back, but they sold out in like ten seconds. Took the L. Couldn't get my hands on them. Yeah, <laughs> couldn't get my hands. on I would have asked my man Jalen to hook me up, but I knew he was getting calls all <laughs> over the place on those, so I was like, I'm not, I'm not gonna, not gonna make him look for another pair. So. Right. I went with another one of my originals here. I've got, once okay. again, the Concord 11s. <laughs> yes! Yes! Oh, let's go. I know what you're thinking. You're like, wait, didn't you already have a pair of Concord 11s? And yes. Yes, we did. This is my second pair of mm-hmm. Concord 11s. That's right. You can't yes. have too many pairs of the Concord 11s. Nope. They are... One of the greatest shoes of all time. One of the greatest shoes of all time. Agreed. Fantastic shoe. These are the 45s with the stitch in the back. Very nice. Glossed. They are dead stock, my friend. You can lick the bottoms of these. Beautiful shoe. Yes. Yes. And let me just... Hold on. I'm just going to... Oh, yeah. Just took a whiff of the new oh, shoe. Did he, did he just do that? The new shoe. He sure The did. new shoe right there. And, of course, they've got the Nike Air down on the inside of the shoe. The classic Nike Air. The Jumpman logo. Beautiful. Beautiful. On his birthday. What a better shoe to celebrate his birthday than this one. Come on now. So true. Come on now.
1: Yeah, that's true. I'm, classic. Classic for MJ. Yeah,
0: I mean, I guess I could have done a one. I guess a one could have been as well. I got one more one lane in the cut. Mm-hmm. I could have done that, too. But, you know, Concords, mm-hmm. nothing better than it, folks. Live it up. There it is. There's your shoe and tail. Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay, Dave. I've been I've, I've, I've been choice, pretty excited doc. about this birthday suit. This one, I'm pretty excited to see you get oh, this yeah? one. Um okay so this is uh is a real challenge in the football world I think um at least for me this is gonna this is gonna test your deep cut foot- i think there may be a couple of clues that definitely give it away though I've got faith even though it's a deep cut, I'm giving you eighty nine percent pretty confident nice uh and now i I'll go on record right now and say if you were giving me the clues of this person wouldn't get it wouldn't get it mm-hmm. okay. um okay now. Uh, here we go. So, born on February 17, 1988, in Brownwood, Texas. Played high school football at mm-hmm. Wiley High School in Abilene, Texas. Mm-hmm. Birthday suit wearer was only mm-hmm. a two-star quarterback coming out of high school. He was recruited by Houston, mm-hmm. Baylor, North Texas, mm-hmm. and UTEP. He decided to go to Houston. Okay. He was a prolific Okay. Player in college, racking up 1,546 completions, uh, 19,217 mm-hmm. yards, 155 touchdowns, mm-hmm. and was com- uh, Conference USA's most valuable player for two years. When he graduated, okay, I have co- an idea. What's that?
1: I have an idea. Keep going. Okay.
0: Okay. When he uh, when he graduated college, he owned more than nine individual NCAA records. Jeez. Despite that, mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. still went undrafted. Hmm. But he signed with the Houston Texas Texans in 2013. Even yep. though he started on the practice squad. Uh, and he became the third-string quarterback, he ended up starting eight games because of injuries to their quarterbacks. He then went to the Rams for a year. Then he came back to the Texans for a year. Then in 2015, he went back to the Rams, and in November of that season, he took the starting job from Nick Foles. In 2016, he was named the starter And started all the way until November 16th when he was benched for rookie Jared Goff. Hmm. In 2017, he signed a one-year deal with the Vikings. In the second week of the season, starting quarterback Sam Bradford was hurt. And our birthday suit wear started for the Vikings for the rest of the season. That year in the playoffs against the New Orleans Saints, he threw a pass with only 10 seconds left in the fourth quarter to Stephon Diggs, who scored a touchdown known as the Minneapolis Miracle. In 2018, Mm -hmm. he signed a two-year deal with the Denver Broncos. In 2019, he was traded to the Washington football team. And in March 2020, he signed a three-year deal with Cleveland to be the backup to baker mayfield name that birthday suit wearer. case keenum there it is yes that's why yes, it was 89 percent there it is case
1: keenum the, the man houston he was a baller at houston and that's kind of what put them on the map
0: yeah i mean honestly uh i know the name you know if i heard you throwing yeah. around case keenum i'd be like oh yeah yeah, quarterback. I got gotcha. but I I didn't really remember much of his stuff. And it's crazy, man, that that dude has hung around for nine years in the NFL, like. Dude, that's why they say
1: being a backup NFL quarterback is the best job in the world. I mean, I he <laughs> literally just hop team to team.
0: I mean, I mean this in the most respectful way. But this dude's career is like that cockroach that you keep seeing in your apartment that you try to kill, yep. but somehow gets away every yep. time, and you're like, "Now, yep. he's back. Now he's over there." Totally. Like, that's his career. In <laughs> the last five years, he's made fifty-four million dollars. That's awesome. He
1: only played a couple games. That's
0: <laughs> and not only that, but he got that awesome miracle pass. Like he's gonna be remembered right, so in you're, in you're in history. Yeah, he's gonna be remembered in Minnesota forever for that, man. Well, until they win another totally. championship, you know, and that's uh, you know. Or or a championship in general. Ah, championship. Anyways, Case Keenum turning the big three three. Thirty-three for Case man, Keenum. Enjoy. Yeah. Happy birthday, Case. Happy birthday, man. Well, Dave i got to tell you about the shows, and we have got some shows coming up. Uh, Some interviews I am extremely excited about. Uh, We've got the band Mob Rich, Connor and Maxwell coming in to talk. Can't wait to talk to these guys. We've got Younger Hunger, Tony, Lucas, Mm -hmm. and Beckett. Coming in to talk to us, we've got the band Irie, fantastic uh, reggae band, coming in to talk to us. Let's we've go. got the the seasoned veterans, Bumping Uglies, coming on the show. Oh. These guys have done it all. They're fantastic, and then of course we've got you know from the great city of Jacksonville, <laughs> Jacksonville, Jacksonville, <laughs> Duval, right here on the show. Yes. All of those. All of those coming up. It's so go. its so good. So good. I'm very excited about all these interviews. But we've got to wrap it up for now. I have been your host, Doc G. And with me, as always, the man that knows there is 40... How many days to the Masters? Hmm. Dave Berlin. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't matter. We doesn't get... Two
1: masters in like six months. It's fantastic. Yes, yes. I can't wait.
0: And you know, if I was if I was uh, at that masters, th- the first thing I would do is go up to Brooks Kepka and be like, "Hey, you got any more Michael Jordan stories? Hmm. Can you yes? Can you tell me any more Michael literally. Jordan stories? Are there yeah. any of those left? Maybe <laughs> Tiger Woods too. I bet he has some. I bet Tiger has a couple Michael oh, Jordan stories. T- oh, I bet Tiger
1: and him have some off the court. Uh, stories for sure. I
0: was about to say I, uh, Tiger's the one guy, especially like in golf. I feel like the competitive streak is all, almost matched. Like as far as oh, it's, how it's competitive right Tiger right is there. on the on the course. Now on the basketball court, it doesn't matter how competitive Tiger is. Plus, he's got that whole back deal. he just get he'd just get worked on the court, but yeah. on the course, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Don't worry, Michael. I'm not second-guessing you. It's your birthday, man. 58. Live it up. Live it up. Enjoy it. Everyone enjoy the ghost birthday.
3: Everybody. Watch
0: a MJ highlight. Everybody go out. Pop them in. Pop them on the YouTube. Watch some highlights. Be amazed. Go watch the, fi- uh, the last dance. It'll be a fantastic yes. night for you. Until next you week, go. zip it up and zip it out
1: zippity doo